This episode's topic is there's never been such a severe shortage of homes in the U.S. Here's why. This is Darren. I'm Catherine. Hey, Catherine. We're going to look at an article from NPR. I gave the title out, Shortage of Supply. We've been talking about that in these remamps. But here's what this article says. And I long, long title. Yeah. And I like the why. Remember, I, I talk about don't tell me what's going on. Tell me why it's going on. The why will give us a lot more of what's happening. So Emerson Kloss has been building houses for 45 years. That is a long time. Yeah. But he's never faced like an entire career. For sure. Like, I hope he should probably just retire right now. Yeah. It's getting too he's big had, of a headache. He's had a good run. Yeah. But he's never faced the, actually, we need him to build. Yeah, we do need What am I talking about? <laughs> Read the article. <laughs> but he's never faced delays like he is now trying to get basic building materials. I had a client ask me to add a door, he says, at a job site outside Boston. We just waited six months to get it. That's a door and a frame. That's crazy. He says appliances can be even worse. Dishwasher, if you can find a model you want right now, you might wait a year for it. By one estimate, the U.S. is more than 3 million homes short of demand from would-be home buyers. All right, so that's from one I don't have this article pulled up, but I also saw a report from NAR that they're saying we're about 5.5 to 6.2 million homes short. So whether it's 3 million or 6.2 million, that's a lot of homes short for people. Mm -hmm. That's an awful lot. Back to article, pandemic-related supply chain problems aren't helping. They're adding tens of thousands of dollars in the cost to the typical house. But the roots of the problem go back much further to the housing bubble collapse in 2008. Why call a bloodbath happened, says Klaus. It was the worst housing market since the Great Depression. Many home builders went out of business. Klaus was building houses in Florida when the bottom fell out. A lot of my tradespeople found other work, went and got retrained for new jobs in law enforcement, all sorts of jobs, so the workforce was somewhat decimated. Like you got into real estate right as that was happening. Yes, at the end of 2008. And I moved out here just as that, that, as that was happening. Yes. And yeah, if we it, can look back and think about all the builders that existed back then. And there was, like, can you even think of a local builder, someone who just builds locally? On less than one hand. There's not many of them. Yeah. So back in the day, there's, I think the majority of builders were local. These were people that like were born, raised here. They lived here. They weren't a huge corporation headquartered out of Arizona or Texas or mm -hmm. wherever. What we see now is just those kind of builders. Yeah. Nationwide or regional. Because F, after the last housing bubble, all those builders just got wiped out and they, they didn't have the resources as the market came back, they didn't have the resources to get back into being a builder. Yeah. And maybe some came back, but not many. I don't really remember because I was, I came in late 08. So I think most of them were already out. So I don't remember many of the small builders. So I don't really feel a difference. So the, the other problem, and I'll wrap up the episode as we get to the end of it with my four L's thing, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but the problem for the smaller local builder is if they have credit issues because they went, they had bankruptcy, 
where are they supposed to come up with the resources to buy a huge plot of land and then subdivide it and then start buying all the materials to build the home? Yeah, they definitely need resources. They just did, they don't have the resources. Risky, risky industry. So a few years later, as Americans started buying more homes again, building stayed below normal. And that slumped in, in that slump in building continued for more than a decade now. Meanwhile, the largest generation, the millennials, are starting to settle down and buy houses. And that's the main reason we've ended up millions of homes short. Builders for many years just weren't building enough to keep up with demand. That lack of supplies pushed home prices to record levels. So the article goes, goes on. We just, we don't have enough labor. Like he said, a lot of the people that he had before left. So we, we just need more guys building homes. Especially it's a perfect storm. The millennials, we need homes now. Mm -hmm. We didn't need them 10 years ago as you were getting out. So that wasn't really a problem. But now we're feeling it because we need the homes and you're not building them. And so the article goes on then that he was starting to get more people back. But then the pandemic hit, things shut down, and then those workers left to go find other jobs. And if you remember around here in our market, I don't know what was happening in the, where this market is, but our market, residential, private builders were non-essential. If you were public, you got to keep building. Yeah. If you were residential, a private builder, you couldn't. Like, I remember the subdivision up the street the government workers were still allowed to plow out and create the roads and do everything that they were supposed to do, but there was literally right. no essential. building. Yeah, they were essential. And yeah, the people building the homes were not. Essential. Not, you're right. Yeah, it makes sense. So the, all those guys that got the jobs over the last decade, then that decided to come back and start building homes, then got hit with, you're not an essential. They had to go get another job somewhere do something else. Maybe they went to Lowe's, Home Depot, got involved in something else and decided, I don't want to get back into construction. Maybe. Yeah. So now we have Which another, good. now we have another labor shortage. Oh, we can't win. On this. So he said, I've had twice as many guys and I would, if I've had twice as many guys, I still would not have enough. And my subcontractors, they're all hurting. There's another big roadblock to home construction, land. I was just trying to buy a piece of land to build five homes on it. Unfortunately, the land went to somebody else that may put one or two homes on it. He says he wants to build more attached townhomes or smaller homes on less land. And that's what many first buyers can afford. But many placing places, zoning rules won't let you buy land and divide it up. You can only build one house with a big yard. So this just goes on and on about like why this is all happening. And I'll, I'll just sum it up. So. That, that was the construction part, but I'll sum it up with my four L's now. Okay. And he's touched on a lot of these. The four L's are land, lumber, labor, and legal. So land, D is there enough land is it, and can you afford it out there if you're trying to build? That's a problem right now. We've done other episodes about farmland that could potentially, if it's close to the city, a close to an urban area, that could be converted into that. But Bill Gates is the largest farmland owner. And we still don't really know what he's doing with the land. We don't know what he's doing with it. And we also know that for some reason, China is starting to buy a lot of farmland yep. in our country. And 
Maybe we know why. I don't know. I don't know what they're planning to do. So we have a land issue. Yeah. Now, labor issue. We went into that. We talked a little bit yep. about the labor problems. Yep. And the pandemic caused another labor problem. Yeah. He said if he has twice as many people, he still wouldn't have enough. The third L is the lumber issue. Under lumber is all supplies. So he talked about the door problem. Yeah. I can't get a door. That's a crazy example. They had to wait. How long did he say? Six months. Six months. A year for a dishwasher. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's an issue. So when you look at all those supplies, not just the lumber, but okay, I need drywall. I need like Seattle was having a concrete yeah. strike. So like all these issues and all those supplies go up the cost of what it takes to build a home. I don't even need to hear the fourth one. I would retire if I was this guy. The fourth one Hopefully he can. is the legal. And that is the government getting involved and saying, the home has to be built this way. You have to do it this way on this lot. It needs to be subdivided like this. And we have to, you have to file for these permits and you have to do this. And it just drives up the cost and the complication. Yeah. And it's going to take a long time. It's going to take several months and it's going to cost you money every step of the way. Yeah. And this guy wants to put several homes on a piece of land and they're saying, no, you can only put one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's those restrictions and they can make sense, but that's not helping this specific problem we're talking about. And also what drives up the cost. And so I, I wouldn't look at the four L's as segmented. They're all interconnected because the legal problem, when the builder has all these additional costs, the land, the lumber, the labor, and then you add in the legal, they have to make a decision of when do I become profitable? I need this home to be a million dollars in order to make any profit off of this. I can't build a home for $600,000. Because I'll lose $400,000. Yeah. So then they start, they have to start building more and more expensive homes, which then the buyers at the lower end are like, hey, where, yeah, where, am, I supposed where to am I supposed to start? We have an inventory problem because we have a builders can't build them fast enough or affordable enough problem. Any takeaways, last thoughts? I just feel bad for these builders and I hope they stick with it and can figure out how to build some homes for us because we need them. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Money and Marriage Podcast with Catherine and Darren. And when you're ready, here's four things that you can do right now. Number one, make sure you're subscribed to this show, whether you're watching or listening. If you're watching, you can also click the like button, click the thumbs up button. Number two, if you're a first time homebuyer, get a free guide, seven costly mistakes homebuyers make. Visit costlymistakeshomebuyersmake.com. Number three, if you're selling your home, get access to our Get Sell Ready Guide and Checklist. It'll show you how to get your home ready without spending a fortune or wasting your nights and weekends updating and remodeling your home. Visit GetSellReady.com. And number four, start a smart moves conversation with us. Get clarity about what to do next. Get your questions answered, your concerns taken care of, and an action plan customized to your timeline. You can schedule a call with us at SmartMovesCall.com or start a chat with us. Visit M.me slash Persinger Group.